Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds. I'm Valerie Donahue, and on this podcast, we'll travel around the world to learn everything that we can about individuals who choose to create businesses from scratch. We'll dive into what drives them, what stops them, and what inspires them in order to identify. Are there common factors that unite us as entrepreneurs across continents? Here's your next episode. Today, we have Maya Mizrahi, the co-founder of Cryptext. Cryptext launched in 2014, originally as an encryption extension for Gmail that enabled users to have more security. In 2015, during a trip to Colombia with friends, Meyer was arrested and served an Interpol red notice. He served five months in a Colombian prison and is to date unable to travel outside of Panama. The government's interference with Meyer and the company's private data is what inspired the company to shift focus and create today's version of Cryptext, which is an open source end-to-end encrypted email service. Since then, the company has expanded. They've reached 100,000 users. And just last week, they launched their uh, revenue model. The Cryptex model has encouraged other competing services to release their code publicly. So they're making a big splash in the industry. Thank you for doing the interview with me, Meyer. Miles, thank you very much for having me. So you have quite the entrepreneurial story. We talk a lot about entrepreneurs and then we dive into what motivates them. How did you manage to keep yourself motivated during such a difficult time in your life? Oh, God. I would say that it, you know, it wasn't my biggest hurdle. Um, I had I had gone through something worse when I was a kid. Um, I, I had some very severe... Um, immunologic issues. So I, I, I actually had a disease called vasculitis, um, which it was, it was a terminal disease that well, with no survival rate, okay? You were basically sentenced the minute you got it. But, but what was weird was that it, it usually, it, 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 it would only happen to, you would only get it if you were an older, an old male. And here's this kid that got it and this infant. And um, I became the first case that survived that, um, that vasculitis. And, and the process wasn't easy. I would say it was the most trying um, challenge of my life. And that, in my point of view, prepared me at a very young age to go through something as difficult as going through a political persecution and a, an illegal imprisonment. So you mentioned, it was actually right before we started recording, but I had asked you how you're dealing with the COVID-19 situation. And you said that you're, you feel like you're better equipped than, uh, than most to handle this kind of a situation. So just tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I've, I've always, I've always been an optimist and, you know, kind of since I was a kid, I would play with rocks. Okay. I would find a way to, to have fun with the, you know, whatever resource I had before me. Um, when I was in prison, I managed to talk my way into getting a smartphone. And that smartphone was, it was literally a world for me. In those five and a half inches of screen, I could dive into, you know, it was almost a virtual reality without having the, the, the goggles on. Because I was watching movies, I was getting connected, I was learning, I was reading, I was in the, I was, you know, I was, I was up to date. But not only that, I would download like emulators 
like Nintendo 64 emulators and I would play entire games, including Zelda Ocarina of Time, my favorite game of all time. I played it on this five and a half inch smartphone with touchscreen buttons and everything. And I was really happy about it. I was like, it was amazing. I, I was excited. And, and that, I would say that's kind of always been an attitude of mine of just mm-hmm. making the best out of whatever situations in front of, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I feel like just kind of viewing your online presence and, and just from the few minutes that we've been chatting, there's something about, you know, like having an inner child that never really went away for you. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a good way to put it. I, I, I think, um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't stop. I was thinking about this the other day because I've, I've recently developed an obsession for Legos. And um, I was thinking about this, that I... I didn't stop playing with action figures till a very late stage in my life. I think I was about 14 or 16 years old. And to the degree that I have a twin brother, I would have to, when I would buy these, these toys, I would hide them because I would feel self-conscious that hmm, this is not the cool kid. Cool kids are not doing this only, you know? So, so yeah, there was that. There was that. And for our listeners, by the way, because I can see you, but they'll be uh, just listening to you. Uh, you're putting together a, uh, a Lego, a, a pretty complicated Lego set right now. Yes. Star Wars Ultimate Collection um, Y-Wing. So these are collectible display sets. So they have this little plank that basically, um, these are really big sets. And they're they're made for experts and, collect- and collectionists. So... They're about, this one is seven, oh, 2,000 pieces. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, I'm really, I will, I will go through one of these in less than a day, which is both great and sad at the same time because it means it's really hard on my wallet. Um, and it, it all started when I really went really crazy bef- right before the quarantine began. I went to the Lego store and I saw the biggest Lego this Lego has ever sold. And it's this, it's this millennium, Star Wars Millennium Falcon and it's 7,600 pieces. They've never sold a Lego bigger than this. And the box, just the box where it came in was 45 pounds. Okay. And it was huge. And I said, you know what? I don't know how long this quarantine is going to go through, but I'll be prepared. So I literally, I held that since February and I, and I built it. Um, last month, late or late March, and it took me about four and a half days. And and since then, I just I just got hooked. I just uh, you said something cool, uh, which was that the reason that you're building the Lego set right now is that it helps you uh, concentrate. And uh, just given the, the the vast amount of uh, sets that you've been building uh, during this time. Um, do you feel like it's like something like about the way that you're wired? You have to be tinkering with your hands for your mind uh, to be working. How does it work for you? Yeah, I think I'm discovering this for myself. Um, I, I realize it's not new. I think it comes from being from when I was a young boy. And I, I always had a Game Boy with me, some type of handheld device. Um, th- this, this, um, this, this condition that I had, this autoimmune disease that I had prevented me from any physical activity and contact sports. So I couldn't play soccer, football, stuff like that. So I was pretty much, um, I, I, I was, you know, kind of like cattled into the, the electronics 
of the world at an early age. So I was always connected with a Game Boy. And I remember that when I, I was playing Game Boys, I would listen to, to you know, people's conversations very steadily and I wouldn't even blink. I didn't know that I wouldn't blink until I was about 17. And a, a psychoanalyst told me, um, told me about it. He says, you don't blink. That means you're actually paying more attention than anyone else in this room. And, and, and I think I feel the same thing. I would, I would actually love to see an EEG. Um, I, would, I would love to be connected to an EEG while I'm building these to see how brainwaves change. I'm very curious about that kind of, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just discovered that. And every time I'm in a call these days, I, I am building a Lego. Um, not, it's, it's actually more useful than, being, uh, than browsing the web. Mm. Right. So it's two different types of activities, whereas the, the web is all about information you have to absorb. And then while you're doing a Zoom call, you're basically absorbing information off of two sources that could be a little complicated. But but this is very motor centric. Right. Lego is motor centric. And um, I actually I've come up with some brilliant ideas while I've been building these um, in, in the past two weeks. So. So, for example, I'm just going to give you a very brief example. Um, I was telling you that Cryptex recently launched its, biz, its paid version um, last week. Now, we delayed that by a week because two days before launching, I was building a set, a Lego set. And I came up with this idea where I said, you know, guys, I said, why don't we just give give away the premium version just for free? Let's just make the product a premium product period and instead let's make the subscription voluntary let's call it like you're a cryptox plus user you get this badge and this this circle around your profile picture and it distinguishes you from the rest and um and it's completely voluntary you know we will change the entire mo of the company and when i pitched it immediately to the team they loved it and we enacted it. We actually gave away um, all our features for free. And you know, surprisingly, we have over sixty paying users um, that that is that have upgraded voluntarily. They can pick to choose five dollars, ten dollars, or twenty dollars, and they don't get anything different. But they are, they are supporting us, and we've been so transparent and upfront about mm-hmm. all of this that I think it incentivizes people to be a part of it. And I came up with that idea while I was building a set. So like, you, it's not like I'm wasting time just like following instructions. I'm actually thinking while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about, uh, you know, people who doodle during meetings and if they're in a corporate setting, they feel like, okay, perhaps I shouldn't doodle, but the act of doodling allows them to retain more information. It's actually how they're able to actively more, uh, be more active listeners. Uh, so anyway, I think it's very interesting that you've uh, discovered uh this about yourself again i knew about the doodling i never thought about like the building the lego sets but that's brilliant if that's how you work uh to uh to give yourself uh this kind of an outlet so that you're more that you're more productive uh you mentioned so one thing about uh the way that you did uh your uh the payment model on your app i I thought that that was unique uh because i had noticed that when i had gone in and uh you know and and kind of see that it's uh it's it's almost like uh um what is it like a patreon uh 
yep. model, right? That it's like, we're giving you this, you so care about this, uh, we're doing this uh, at our own expense, so pay what you wish. So I, I thought that uh, I thought that, that was unique uh, in your space. But what I also thought was unique uh, was the way that you have your team structured on your website, and you mentioned your team already a few times. Um, so on your webpage, you kind of, like you have all of your team members and you are like all the way at the end, somewhere in the middle, actually, at first I couldn't find you. Uh, I thought that was an interesting uh, choice in, in doing it that way. What was your thinking behind that? Well, it's interesting that you notice. I don't think a lot of people notice those kinds of things, but those are the kind of details that for me do matter. Um, like I, I, um, I, I put my team before anything, before me, before, I mean, my team is everything. And uh, it, it certainly is, it's the fuel behind the, pro, behind the product. The product, Cryptix would not exist if it weren't for the sacrifice of the team itself. So I'm, I'm really, 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 really grateful to them. And, and, you know, as a startup, we can't pay them. We can't pay them the salaries that they deserve for the talent that they have. And I, may, I, I make sure they, they understand what they're worth. And I explain to them that, listen, this is the most we can pay. Um, and, and guess what? I don't even pay myself a salary because I want to make sure that you're getting paid the most we can pay you until we get funded or et cetera, et cetera. And putting them first uh, is one of these things that I, I believe as a, as a leader, as a founder, I have to do. Um, considering that I can't even pay them the, 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 the salaries that I believe that they're worth. And I make sure that this is that, that they understand this. I don't know if they understand the whole I go at the end thing, um, but it's definitely done by design. Yes. Yeah, I did that by design. And so, um, well, it, it, it's interesting because uh, in the beginning of the conversation, you said uh, while you were incarcerated, you were able to get this phone and, you know, and this was kind of your portal uh, to other things in addition to kind of running your company. Uh, and, and I started to think about running my own business. Um, you know, at the very least, I need a laptop, but I need uh, I need so much. Um, I need so many programs. I need to be able to see my team face to face. I need to be able to message them in order to effectively communicate my needs uh, as a leader. I need uh, I need so much. So I was just uh, I thought that your team must be very autonomous, very. Um, very talented if they were able to, if you were able to, or you're, you're an excellent communicator or, or both uh, for you to be able to launch a product with so much, with such limited uh, communication. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful for those, those guys because they, um, that, that team gave me something to live for, um, to be hopeful for while I was in prison, productively speaking, uh, professionally speaking, uh, we decided while I was in prison. While I was in prison, so we had sold cryptics to the government, and it was a private application. You could download it, but you couldn't use it. You had to be issued a license by the government of Panama. So the main premise of the government of the case against me, uh, against well, against cryptics and myself, was that we took payment, but we never delivered the software, and. And they would. They said that cryptics never even existed. So I said, guys, let's just take this opportunity to do to pull a Zuckerberg. Because I remember this when I remember reading the Zuckerberg story from a book um, called the. 
I think it was the Zuckerberg effect or the network effect. And, um, and Zuckerberg has, had built this uh, software called Synapse that Microsoft wanted to buy. And uh, apparently the negotiation went a little sour and, and Zuckerberg ended, it, ended up public, uh, launching it publicly for free on the internet. So I said, guys, let's take Cryptex, let's repurpose it and make sure it's, it's free for everyone. And it would be the, big, the biggest middle finger to the government you can ever do. So they were on board and they, they, they came on board the idea and they, they, they executed it. And uh, we got a good, a good, you know, um, story by Forbes out of it, which was, which is worth everything to me. Yeah. And the team is everything, you know, I, I, I mean, I may be a, an entrepreneur, but I'm, I'm only as good as the team, the people that surround me. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. And, so let me ask you, when we were just exchanging messages, I, I, I thought I was curious, um, once I learned a little bit more about you, you said that uh, doing uh, the quarantine in Panama is an interesting choice. And uh, I, I hadn't realized uh, that you um, that you can't leave Panama. So I, 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 you know, once I connected the information, I realized, yes, like I'm here willingly, you're here um, probably yes. unwillingly. Of obligation, yes. <laughs> Um, but wait and, a minute, how the hell did you get to Panama? I mean, look, I, <laughs> I, I know that your, your listeners know your story probably, but why Panama? Were you just passing by that you fell in love with a country or maybe fell in love with a guy? I don't know. What's the story? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the latter. Yeah, the latter. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I was traveling at the la end of last year. Chance? What's that? Does he work in Selena by any chance? Uh, no, <laughs> although I did stay in the Selena. They all do. Every every expat in Selena. No, no, the Selena was amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed my stay there. But yeah, no, I came here. It was uh, um, my second stop on my trip. I had five months to travel, and uh, I came to Panama. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then I continued to travel. But I, I kept coming back to Panama. And then, when the quarantine mm -hmm. happened, I was in Paris. Uh, I got, um, yeah, and then I had a choice to come back to New York or come back to Panama, but not know kind of, you know, how long or so, yeah, so that's how, that's Very how I'm here. <laughs> so, so we actually met through a mutual friend. Right? Yes. Greg. Uh, Greg, so, you know, I, maybe he explained this to you, but Greg was my roommate in New York. He lived with me. And for me, I'm, I got to tell you, um, listeners out there don't know this, but this guy, Greg, um, he was a very, when I met Greg, he was just all over the place, a bit of a basket case. And I feel so proud of Greg and who he is today. This guy, he is working his butt off. Okay. This guy works at this company called Plate IQ and he is a masterful salesman. He's gotten ripped. He's gotten healthy. I think he's got a girlfriend. He, he's so confident now and it's just so different. I feel like a proud father. I, <laughs> I told my other roommate, our other roommate, like, look at him. He's growing so much. I'm so proud of him. 
Yeah, no, that was, it was such a funny, uh, it was such a funny connection because going back to what I said earlier, when I just got to Panama and I was making my list like of who to interview uh, in Panama, my now boyfriend said, okay, I'll, I'll show you kind of like who's like, you know, who's like in the space of entrepreneurship. And he's like, you should uh, interview this guy, Meyer. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Like he has a lot of followers. I'm just starting my podcast. And so I kept you on my uh, wish list of people to interview, but not like, not, right. you know, like not right in the beginnings. And then when Greg said, oh, I have a friend and uh, he's Jewish and he's from Panama. I'm like, tell me because this community is so small. And uh, yes, I, I thought that was what so a small funny. world. What a small world. That's so funny. But okay. Going back to you being uh, in Panama and, uh, and unable to, uh, travel but given uh not just that right like not just the the inability of being able to travel but being in a country whose government treated you in in this kind of a way i think that uh, for me that's that's even the more the more um kind of like hurtful piece of this story is not just i can't leave because perhaps mentally you're strong enough uh to stay in in, in one place uh, for as long as you need to but it's the fact that it's under uh under the rule of um right of an entity that's wronged you yeah it's 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 been tough it has been very tough it's not the leaving it's the reason why i can't leave yeah that's really what gets to you that you know it it really um you know i used to live in new york before this and yes. i would travel on a monthly basis to san francisco i was exposed to so much competition so so much intellectual capital I would grow on a daily basis, whatever I grow here in a month. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been one of the most difficult things is to, to, to be on a, a tech entrepreneur in Latin America, you're mm -hmm. at a disadvantage because you just can't rub shoulder, rub elbows with, with uh, like-minded people. Um, you can't get funded. You don't grow. You really don't grow. But at the same time, you, whenever you're facing any type of, of problem or crisis, you have two options. You can either just negate, negate it, hate it, and, and you know, let it do to you whatever gravity will do. It's just let gravity take its course. Or, or you can make the best out of it. And I think the latter was a was a conscious decision that I ended up taking. Where I said, okay, so. Um, my, before the world was my oyster. Now the board, the board has been limited to just um, one country. I, I can't play the whole game of, you know, whatever the game is called. But I got to just be stuck in Panama. Okay, let's let's see what we can do here. So for two reasons, for the for one out of out of no other option kind of thing, and then secondly out of survival, I. I decided to succeed. It, I had to succeed, at least on a public on, on a public perception level, on a PR level. I had to succeed because these people took my reputation. They dragged it to through the mud, and uh, and and uh, by all accounts, I was guilty. And um, you're guilty to proven innocent. You know your trial by media. It's called so. I had to I, I had to write I had to write that wrong. So in the last four years, I've become uh, 
this very outspoken person and uh, public figure that has really even shaken things up uh, from everything from business to politics um, out of principle. Really, I don't have like a political agenda. I just want, at this point, I'm consciously growing to be too big to fail. So I know exactly how the justice system, system works. It is very hard to get away with something illegal as what they've been doing to me if I am too big to fail, basically. Mm -hmm. No judge will want to be the judge that, um, that convicts, wrongfully convicts, mm -hmm. a person that is so beloved, so admired, um, and so valuable to, to a country. So that has been really my focus. It's not because I wanted to be famous, not because I wanted to have likes or, no, it's just, even Cryptext, you know, I could not let Cryptext fall. I couldn't let it, uh, I couldn't just drop Cryptext and go to, an, to, to the next big idea because, the, because they said the Cryptext was fake. It was never even built for success. It was, it was just, it was just a false premise to steal money from the government. So I had to prove them wrong. Um, so succeeding wasn't about the money. It wasn't, it was a lot about everything else, about the sacrifice of the people that have been around me and supported me throughout this, this hurdle. It was about um, survival and it was about proving them all wrong. That was something very important. If there's one thing that I, that drives me, as an entrepreneur, as a human being, is being being told that I, it can't be done. You tell me something like that. And like the other day, the government was in a bit of a pickle when the public found out that they were paying $48,000 mm. for, for non-invasive respirators, ventilators. So the invasive respirators ventilators are the ones you use in ICUs. And those cost these days with the increased demand, you're talking about $70,000 for these, these pieces of machine. Um, but the non-invasive ones are basically CPAP machines, the sleep apnea machines. And these are used for non-ICU patients. And they cost about anywhere between um, five dollars to $15,000. Well, these guys were paying in a contract hundred units for $48,000. And to save face, they just publicly tweeted to the general public. They said, if any, if anyone can find them, find these exact ventilators for less than $48,000 and have them here in Panama in 10 days, we would reimburse you the cost of it. And not three minutes goes, but three minute go, minutes go by. And I just tweet out a receipt for the purchase of that exact unit for $5,000. And I just said, um, it'll be here in less than 10 days. And when it's here, I'll donate it as part of uh, what I, as, as, as a donation by Cryptex. Mm. So this is a way for me to, to this is by, by, by principle, this is the way I am. If I see something that, that with you prove, if you want to, challenge me that something can't be done. I will find the way. At the end of the day, what I ended up doing was I ended up buying it on eBay for less than 5,000. And it was here within the 10 days and they hated me for it. But, but again, I proved that my nature is that of, you know, challenging the status quo of, 
you know, give me a challenge, I'll give you a solution, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, yeah, that's such an interesting story. And I did see that. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thought that that was, uh, that was very cool um, that, uh, that you can participate. Well, even, even you uh, out of the equation that today there, not that in, in this kind of way, there should have been that kind of an exchange, but anyway, that today people and governments are interacting on these kind of ways. Some, some of it is positive, some of it is negative. Uh, but at the end of the day, it goes to your point that um, things can't be swept under the rug uh, easily. It's not, you know, so it's, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, you had like a really terrible uh, thing happen to you and uh, it, it gave you the possibility of creating this kind of uh, communication platform. What you chose to do with it is your own and you did. Uh, and now it's, um, yeah, I, I almost feel like, uh, of course, it's, it's, it's not a positive story, but for someone like you who uh, likes to solve problems and um, perhaps likes challenges, if this unique situation uh I don't know, allowed you to use, uh, I don't know, parts of your brain that you wouldn't have if you hadn't been uh, in this kind of a situation. And I wonder if it's, uh, you know, if it's made you a better entrepreneur and it's going to, you know, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, give you an edge um, that perhaps you wouldn't have had, right? Just like uh, hardship tends to do. The other day I was asked, um, if you could speak to 2015 Meyer and tell him, anything what would you say and i said i wouldn't say a thing Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say a thing i wouldn't want to change any of the events that led me to be whoever i am today Mm -hmm. because you know i think hardship breeds um is is what creates strength right um and and, you know you know the the toughest swords are are forged in in the um in the highest temperatures Mm -hmm. so but but uh so for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I went through whatever I went through. I, I don't believe in the divine, oh, God wants it this way. No, mm-hmm. these are the cards. These are the cards. You either make the most out of it um, or you could just sob. You know, Every, yeah, everyone will feel sorry for you. No, but just sit there and sob and that's it. Um, I think you always have a choice. I think there's always a choice. And if there's one thing I I do not believe is in the excuse of I had no choice. Think mm. as human beings, as human beings, as sentient beings, as conscious beings, what differentiates us from a robot um, is that we have choices. We we're able to make conscious choices. So like, for example, the other day, everyone's going through economic hardship right now and the electricity company sh- shut off the electricity they disconnected all the electricity on um, on this lady's house. And she had recently given birth to a baby. And she was begging clemency to, to this guy who was just doing his job. And mm-hmm. she said, the food's going to rot. My baby, where am I where are going to live, live on the street? What is this? And the guy says, ma'am, I'm just doing my job. And I said, you know what? That's the most BS excuse in the world. Because like... I read a lot when I was in prison. One of the things that I read about was the Stanford prison experiment, a very widely known experiment where um, you would see the effects. It was radicated on the premise that um, humans will disconnect from conscious decisions if there is 
um, a superseding uh, uh, person that's giving them the order, right? Mm. So it's not my responsibility. I'm just doing my job. This is how, you know, 6 million Jews died in, you know, in, in the Holocaust. Just people who were following orders. They, there was nothing personal. They were just doing their jobs. Um, and this is exactly what happened here in Panama. And the outcry, I had to speak out when that happened. I literally referenced the Holocaust. And I said, listen, you, Mr. Guy, who's just doing your job, you got to understand, no one's got a job. You can choose to not have that job. You can choose to say F you to your boss and make it, a public, make it publicly known that you did this. The public will always defend the, the little guy, always. It happened to me. And, you know, in a circumstance like this, it would happen as well. So I would say choice is something we always have. You can go through a lot of, a lot of um, shit, excuse me, but you have, you have a choice to either take the shit or convert it into some type of renewable energy. I don't know. It's been done. It's been literally done with methane gas from, from, from cows. So why can't we do it when life gives us shit? We can't. It's just a matter yeah. of consciousness. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, that example, um, you know, I think it's a challenging one. I think it's a challenging one because it's, I think it goes, uh, and, and I agree with uh, with your point, and, you know, there were, uh, I forget the names of the experiments where they did, if, if the person was in another room and you turn yeah. up the, um, you know, like the, like the electric shock and, you know, right. you don't see them and someone is just instructing you, you do it anyway. Um, so all of that, but I think that, um, as humans, right? Like it's our, it's not that there's like, there's like no, like not like there's no shame in actually what happened. Uh, I feel like for this uh, worker, because it's your family, it's just natural. Your family comes first. Like your family's like uh, primary needs come first. So if it's, yeah. So if this guy has a, has his own baby at home and he has, you know, and his wife isn't working and they all, I mean, look, all of these scenarios are terrible, right? Like all of it is terrible, but it's like, it's almost like who should be the people speaking up. Right. I mean, who should be the people like taking the risk. Right. I think it's, um, it's not like it's easier when you have more, but it's, uh, when, when, when you're in those kind of situations, I mean, I even, I think for myself, right. Like what would I do or what would I expect? Like, I don't know my spouse to do if I was in that situation. And I don't know because yeah, it's, it's our, just our natural instinct to, um, to take care of our own. But, but when people are put in those kind of situations where they have to choose, uh, overall, that's terrible. Um, that, that's a really, uh, terrible predicament. And, and yeah, I mean, given what's even happening here now with, um, you know, with there's no government support and people, they can't work. And well, I mean, what do you do? Like, seriously, like it, it, it puts people in such an awful, um, and it, 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 it makes people make very terrible, choose from very bad scenarios, right? Because yeah. they're, they're really left with no options. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. I mean, you can tell in good times, everyone's nice, but you will really get to know a person an entity, anything in crisis. That's really when we as people are tested. And I think this is, this is that we're being tested. And I, I personally don't think that um, we're getting the best that we have to give. I think, for example, you just mentioned the government. Um, I just find it really conflictive that 
while the country is forced by a government mandated um, a quarantine to not work and not generate an income, the government still, government employees are still generating an income, a salary. That's, I think it's a conflict of interest. Where's the leadership? I think, you know, you like lead by example, lead by example, like everyone is going through a crisis. You got to get, you got to get on board, my friend. You got to get on board. So, um, but anyhow, you know, um, like, you know, I guess that's life, you know, there's. Yeah, look, we're in this, uh, you know, governments, people, businesses, right? Like we're making, uh, where we're all making the, you know, the kind of decisions that we didn't know that we'd be making a few months ago, right? And the situation continues to change. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking a lot about uh, about your industry and about uh, COVID and how it's uh, impacting uh, the state of your industry. Because you mentioned earlier funding and you mentioned earlier uh, kind of the growth that uh, you were looking to uh, gain uh, within the company. And I was just wondering how this current situation is uh, is affecting the business. Oh, it was beautiful. This is probably the best thing ever happened to us. I mean, it's it. You know, this has had an inverse effect in the digital um, world that it has in the physical world, literally inverse. So it has accelerated the use of digital platforms mm. in work. It has um, increased the amount of time we spend on electronic devices. Uh, Cryptex has grown has increases growth rate um 300 in the last three months two and a half mm -hmm. months 60 days uh I, I think it's it's been honestly it's been a blessing and i love to just flaunt it publicly um on social media because i'm a huge advocate for uh, building a tech ecosystem in panama and creating new jobs by way of a of, of a tech ecosystem so you know I, I'll flaunt, for example, oh, we just hired people. I know people are firing. Well, we just mm -hmm. hired two people. And guess what? No salaries have been cut. In mm -hmm. fact, we gave salary raises. And guess what? We just started making our first buck. People stopped making money. We just started making money. Like, mm -hmm. uh, not, not to show off, but rather to explain to, 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 so people can have tangible examples of this working. So, like, you got to practice what you preach, right? Um, and, and I, I, I use it as a, I, I use it as a way to open the eyes of, of the general public that this crisis will catalyze a change in industry, a change in the job market. And we need to create new job markets. We need to create new industries and technology is sitting right in front of us. Like we're, we are living through technology but we can play two roles. We can either be consumers or producers. And at this point we're just consumers. So, um, you know, I've, I've been pushing that agenda big time in, in this crisis. So let me ask you, um, so as a small business owner, uh, I always think about security and protecting uh, client sensitive data. Uh, and now, uh, again, with uh, more and more companies, uh, well, people working remotely, and then even after this, uh, people continuing to work remotely. Um, I notice 
even with us for the sake of convenience, uh, I would have to rely on different tools based on client preferences with variable levels of security. And so we're, we're kind of always in, in between, uh, you know, security and convenience. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you could give some advice uh, to small businesses and entrepreneurs uh, about security of their data um, and how they should, you know, any best practices, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would say that um, if you are rendering services to third parties, so if you're a lawyer or a doctor and you are supposedly guaranteeing client, client uh, um, patient privilege, for example, you've got to use platforms that guarantee that. So, for example, you've got to understand that Google, Google Gmail retains all your data. Outlook retains all your data in their servers. It's not even encrypted. What that means is that they can go into a computer and read everything you're sending, everything you're getting. And they do this because it's the fuel that powers their advertising model. They know that every time you send an email uh, to XYZ, you mention the subject invoice or um, legal services. So they now start to create an image of who you are, but not only of you, but also of your client they can even pinpoint their name. They can tell you their name and everything. So um, what you use, the platforms that you use will literally impact your own clients. So like in Panama, we had the Panama Papers. And the Panama Papers was a leak, a, the biggest data leak in history. And it happened through email. It was all email conversations. Did you, and, and you know what's the worst part of that? That it didn't, no lawyer, even in Panama, changed their MO. They all kept using Gmail. They all kept using the same platforms. And, and it's, you know, it's like security is this thing like insurance. You don't, you don't want to have, you don't want to need it, but you don't appreciate it until you have it, until you need it. Um, what we try to do, we know, we know, we know perfectly well about this. Um, this compromise between security and ease of use. So, for example, it's more secure to have three locks on your door than just one because, well, you've got to unlock three locks to be able to get in. But then that's also more complicated. So it's the same way in technology. What Cryptex tries to do is that it, it tries to find um, a point outside that line that correlation where we can have, we can provide the security um, and, and the ease of use. So for example, we started with the MO of being the most secure email service in the world. Today, two years later, our main goal is just to be the best email service in the world. That implies best interface, mm. friendliest, easiest, and security is just a fundamental basic feature and encryption is a fundamental basic feature of email. That's the way we see it. Uh, I think that like our, like hygiene and health didn't come to be appreciated until we got through this, we, we came through to this crisis. I think encryption and privacy will not be appreciated globally or in a popular level until we reach a crisis. Um, so that's what I fear. Uh, that said, I think you got to make 
easy software. You know, you can have, if your goal is to be the most secure email service in the world, you're going to have a tough time putting it out there. Your goal should really be just being the most useful, best email service in the world. Um, be that messaging, be that email, be that uh, word processing, whatever. Software has to be easy. It's got to work for the user, not the user for the software, which a lot of software feels that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Meyer, thank you so much. Uh, this has been uh, this has been such an interesting conversation. I learned uh, so much about you. I learned um, I learned so much uh, in general. Uh, and yeah, it's it's been. I, I really thank you uh, for your time. And 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 I'm really curious to see uh, where Cryptex goes next, uh, where you go next. Uh, and I'll definitely uh, continue following your story and and see where you go. Thank you. Thank you, Val. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and uh, if any of your listeners ever have any I, any advice that they're looking for on entrepreneurship, uh, you know, I, I tend to, to respond to every message I get, believe it or not. Um, so don't hesitate to ever reach out if you ever have any ideas, any um, challenges that you want some advice on. I have, uh, you know, I've, I've been down this this road so long that I can tell you where the potholes are so you can avoid them. But I think, uh, I think people like you are making a difference um, in, in Latin America, in the world, um, because entrepreneurship is something that is not something we do. It's just a way of life. It's just you're building jobs, you're building uh, uh, products, and, and this is what the world needs right now more than ever. So thank you for inviting me to this, uh, this podcast. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. This was really good. You're very good. Awesome. Great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurial Minds by Chatterboss. Our dedicated and on-demand virtual executive assistant team specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners with pretty much any admin task. Go to chatterboss.com to learn more.